You sending the wolf? Shit, that's all you had to say. Get away from her, you bitch. Banana. Fortune and glory, kid. Fortune and glory. You're not even interesting enough to make me sick. It's only an island if you look at it from the water. I'm your density. You think I'm gorgeous? You want to kiss me? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sending the Wolf. My name is Clark Wolf. Thank you so much for joining me for the season two finale of the podcast, episode 60, Back to the Future with Terry Metalis. Um, So not only is Back to the Future one of my favorite movies of all time, obviously the quote is in the theme song, I'm Your Density, Um, but uh, Terry is one of my favorite people. I got to know him when I was writing about his show, 12 Monkeys, for Nerdist, and uh, we became friends via social media and then through various conventions and then I actually ended up hosting a season of um, of their official podcast talking about the show 12 Monkeys and uh, we've been friends ever since and by the way if you haven't watched 12 Monkeys and you like great television slash science fiction slash travel time travel um, you absolutely need to watch the show it is available to stream now on Hulu and um, and it's it's in my opinion one of the best if not the best science fiction show of the last decade. It's so good. So go check it out. Um, so Terry, if you know anything about him, he, you know that he is a huge Back to the Future fan. And um, in 60 episodes, I can't believe that nobody has picked Back to the Future, but here we are. And so, you know, we talk about it a little on the show, but the idea, you know, I give all my guests the opportunity to go as on-brand or as off-brand with their choices as they want. And I'm so glad that Terry decided to stay on-brand and talk about this movie because what ended up happening was, yes, we talk about the movie and we talk about, you know, the, the nitty gritty of of this uh, classic film and the bigger franchise. But we also talk a lot more broadly about fandom. You know, Terry and I both do what we do in a lot of ways because we are fans and we love entertainment and we love pop culture. And so we strive to create entertainment and pop culture. And um that gave way to a bigger conversation about fandom in general, about Star Wars fandom, Ghostbusters fandom, Back to the Future fandom, reboots, reimaginings, social media, like you name it. This was a really, really fun, in-depth conversation, and um, I think it's a great way to finish off an incredible season of this podcast. Um, it's a long one, so you're getting a good bang for your buck, and uh, I'm just gonna, let's jump right in. Let's do it. This is Terry Metalis talking about Back to the Future. Then I thought you were going to pick one too. No, you get to pick. I get to pick. You get to you pick one, and then it's a surprise to me. But I will. I will tell you there is a a story, but a quick story behind why I do this, and it's because I was looking at the thrills list, and John Carpenter's The Thing isn't on it. Oh, so it has to be on. It could be on any of those lists. No. Yeah. Oh, any. I thought it was just the top one hundred. Totally. I think it is. Can I check? Please check away. I don't. 
check away. And also, this is a game that I made up. Therefore, there are no rules. We can okay. do whatever we want. I, I just don't want to be like, it's not on any list. And then it's like on like five. Well, that's okay. Yeah, it, which I think that would have happened. I think that might have happened before. But it doesn't. It doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Not at all. Why is it going to... No, hold on. List of the four was not... Oh, it was among the top... It was among the 50 sci-fi films. Okay, but that's good. So you want to add it to, like, the, the big list. Yeah, the big list. Great. That works. Uh, I think. I don't know. It's released their nominations for its 10 top 10... I don't know. You can tell me. I'll just we'll just talk we'll, about it. We'll just roll it. Be like I'm, I don't roll with I don't it. know if it's on the list. It probably should be. I I okay. wish I need to find a way to make this part of the show less um nerve-wracking for my guests I'm because not well, not no. nerve-wracking, but I suppose like pressure. Pressure the because on, sometimes yeah. when I when I introduce this concept, people like really they they I don't want to say they overthink it, but they worry about it. And, right. I, and I'm like, when, you know, this is the thing I made up. So right. you you can do whatever right. you want. Right, I'm right, not going right. to kick you out and like okay. delete the episode. All right. So I, I got I got ideas. Okay, good. I don't good. even need this, but I'll pull it up. just. In no, good. Have your things. I know I'm analog. So I just sit down and most of yeah. the time, sometimes I do the phone. No, I do that too. Uh, but I don't know why I did this. This is a whole, uh, all of these are sending the wolves. Wolves episodes. Yeah. I keep them in one place. So, how many have you done? uh, It'll be 60 when this episode. Wow. Yeah. I think you're going to be my season finale. Oh, okay. No pressure. All right. No pressure. Okay. Um, So, okay. Let's. First of all, thank you for coming all the way oh, out here on Sunday morning, no Happy less. Happy to be here to talk Back to the Future. Exactly. Uh, you know, could be anytime. I'm actually su- at three a.m. Let's go. <laughs> I'm actually surprised that uh, that nobody had picked this one yet. You know, like sometimes people when they come on the show, they they look it over and they're like, oh, how how did nobody pick Psycho well, yeah. or Back to the Future? I wasn't going to pick it. But- you were you were like, I think maybe you should do this one, and I was like, someone has to. But no, I'm no. happy to do it. And nobody even asked to do it. Well, that's a that's criminal. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. It's funny though because sometimes people go super off brand and they, you know, like if they're known in the horror space, right. they want to pick like a family-friendly movie right. or you know or Mac and me. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. So, but I'm actually sometimes though when people stay on brand, it's pretty Yeah. It's pretty good. Well, I, at least I know I can talk about it. Exactly. I have things to say. Well, so, okay, let's start with the idea that you you did rewatch the movie. I did. Which I have to say. No, it was such a slog to get through. <laughs> um, you know, I, last night, yeah, I, I popped it on and uh, it's still, I still find new things. Yes. I found a new thing that made me laugh last night that I'd never seen before. What was it? The Libyans gun jams, and then he blames the Soviet shitty. He said something, damn Soviet yes. uh, gunner. I'm like, I don't know why I never, it sort of jumbled in as crazy terrorist beak. Uh huh. Uh, I had never caught that before. That's um, that's why I, I encourage people to rewatch it, and yeah. especially because I know this is like, you have seen this movie zillions of times yeah and so zillions I, to say the least i'm very like i felt i feel very uh like very excited that you actually did rewatch it, it. it's it's also educational mm-hmm. you know because the thing that i find about this film is you know it's timeless it really is that 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 kids you know 
uh, we'll get into the fact that I do have a DeLorean time machine in my yes, garage yes. later. But um, when kids see it, like high school kids, they've they've grown up on it, and and so it's this Wizard of Oz esque, you know, timeless film that people can watch uh, and that kids are watching still. Yeah. So there, there. It, so you start to look at why, you know, and and. I, you know, you start to break it down and, and you know, how perfect in the, just in the first four minutes mm-hmm. they laid out the entire film in this tracking shot through Doc's lab from the stolen plutonium on the news to the skateboard hitting the plutonium under the bed to the fact that he's got a dog to the camcorder to Marty wants to be a rock star to the crazy eccentric and all this stuff to the hanging from the clock clock. Mm-hmm. It's just so perfect. And, and that's such a rare thing. It also struck me for the first time last night, um, I'm a film score buff. Yes. But the score doesn't really appear in the, in the film until a half hour in. Interesting. Until the, oh, the appearance of the DeLorean. Because um, it's mostly, mostly Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis, yeah. and it's just this, you know, uh, high school kid story. But then what's brilliant is they save the orchestral score for when it counts from that DeLorean's pulling off the back of Doc's truck and now suddenly you're leaning in you're like what's going on and then and then you're there um it's amazing it feels to I noticed the score I paid or I paid extra attention to the score this time around also yeah. and one thing that I noticed was this score feels to me like a science fiction adventure score yeah and it so I think it's actually it makes perfect sense that we're gonna associate the music with the DeLorean right like meaning when you you it kicks in as you say when you see it coming off the back of the truck yeah. right and so it that signal that it's like this is something Something special and otherworldly is the wrong word, but you know what well, I an mean. An adventure, yeah, yeah, definitely an adventure. And they, you know, the original title, the original posters, Drew Struzan's original posters had said "Back to the Future: The Adventures of Marty McFly." Ah, that's interesting. so they were really trying to lean into the Spielberg-esque adventure quality of it uh, as well, even though it's not really. It's adventurous, you know, when yeah. they, with tension and the the clock tower and the car stuff. Um, Look, it it works. Clearly, it yeah. works. You know. Did you um, see this movie in the theater? I did. Okay. I did, did somebody take you to it? I did. My 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 dad. I was ten years old, and he said, "We're going to see a movie called Back to the Future." And I remember the time. I was like, "That title doesn't make sense. You can't go back to." <laughs> He's like, "Well, you could if you were to go back." So it's one of those things when you're when you're a child, which is difficult. It's almost impossible now. Like, rarely do you get to do this. Is you go into a movie theater and have no idea what you're about to see. Yes, yes. You know, because we've seen so many trailers. Like, you and I, if we're going to go see Midsummer, Right. Right? We've seen, probably seen two or three of them, unless we were smart and stayed away from them. Yes. You know? Um, and and rarely, like, things like Arrival, like, I hadn't seen much. Like, I walked in and I walked away so blown away because yeah. I didn't have any anything mm-hmm. for it um but yeah so that's that 10 year old experience of seeing that in the theater wow i mean even i i want to you see it in the theater no oh. i saw it on home video yes but when i was three or four years old yeah. marty Mc, or i'm sorry um uh michael <laughs> michael j fox was my jam yeah. little baby clark was a fan yeah, yeah. teen wolf well, what about family ties? I mean, family uh, ties, Keaton, of course. Yeah. But I was 
three or four. Okay. And um, my parents, um, my parent, there is video of me standing next to you. Remember those giant like square televisions that were the size of a person essentially? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my parents had one of those. <laughs> yes, I- and so there was, there is video of me uh, standing next to the TV while Back to the Future is playing with me playing the guitar like during we, Johnny, Johnny Be Good. Be Good. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be Marty McFly, right. but I also had a big crush on him. Didn't we all? Didn't we all? Didn't we all? He, he, you know, it, we'll talk a lot about some of the other actors in the movie, but like it is, as you know, everybody knows, they shot almost more than half the film, yeah. three quarters of the film with Eric Stoltz. Right. Who's a wonderful actor, but like tonally it just didn't work. Right. And then, so you, you, when you go back and you rewatch this, and what Michael J. Fox, that this, he has this perpetual, holy shit. Yes. Every man thing that that is very rare. I can't think of a, an actor right now who could pull off this role. Yeah. Um, to to the degree that he does, like he he's constantly just one step behind and trying to process. I mean, the mall scene mm-hmm. when that when the car goes back in time for the first time, just the like any other actor could have overplayed the what the fuck is going on. Yes, and he's just so bewildered. Yeah, you know, with the audience and in and even the line like, "Are you telling me he built a time machine?" have a DeLorean like the delivery all about is perfect yeah you know and it's it's uh it's it's literally lightning in a bottle the yeah whole film. I wouldn't say that it's exactly the same but I do feel like Tom Holland who is Spider-Man right now yeah he he it's not as much I agree with you I think that there are roles like Ferris Bueller I couldn't imagine anyone else pulling off Absolutely the weirdness right. and uniqueness of Ferris Bueller and I was thinking about that today I actually wrote that down about Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly but I do think that Tom Holland has that like what the hell is going on? Yeah, I gotta see the new Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. I like him a lot. I yeah. like him a lot. I mean, the thing about Tom Holland is he doesn't. His look is not as stereotypically clean cut, all American to me, at least. Like Marty McFly looks like teenage kid from the eighties. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like a hundred percent. And and Tom Holland just has something about him where it's like his face is that of a man, but his demeanor and body is, yeah. is that of a child yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I am a big Tom Holland fan, of course. But I can um, tell. No, I mean, I just think he's doing a good job. Yeah. Especially considering, I mean, Spider-Man having had just had, he's the third Spider-Man in 15, 20 years. Yeah. That's no... Well, they did a brilliant job of introducing Absolutely. him into that franchise in the middle of Civil War. Yes. Like, it's just... And he's great. You instantly like him. Right. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. So, but I was... I So, all right. Um, I mentioned that I wrote down um, that uh, I think, no, like, Ferris Bueller is sort of the... Uh, to me, if Marty McFly and Ferris Bueller, like, do you think there would be... This is a weird question, but I'm just going to ask it. Do you think that Marty McFly and Ferris Bueller would be would friends? Be friends? Maybe I don't think they would be enemies. Right. No. Um, I think you know. I don't know. Maybe not. Actually, like there is a kind of an arrogance to Ferris Bueller. True. You know that Marty might kind of just be like, I just want to play my guitar. Yeah. You know that's cool. You know. Do you think that? So, I was thinking about this with Marty. Does Marty like have any friends? 
I mean, because meaning like, obviously he's in a band. So he's, I think you what know you're what I really mean? getting into is why is he friends with this old inventor? Well, actually, I will say, I will say that I know that that is like the snarky, cynical, revisionist, like. It does. It never bothers never me. never bothers me either. No, there's like, it's because it's like a mentor. It's not, there's nothing weird about no. it. There's an excitement quality to it. And also there's um, something to be said. Like I have, I don't know if you feel this way, but I have friends who are legitimately older than yeah, me. So did I and in high school. Yeah. yeah. So like it doesn't strike me as weird, um, but I do what think about Marty like Marty and Marty clearly has a girlfriend, yeah. and they're both like they're not portrayed as outcasts. They're just portrayed as like I don't know. I don't know how they fit into this high school hierarchy, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he does have friends. Uh, he just didn't have the real estate to tell what the rest of Marty's you know social world is like. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do love the idea that Doc's lab, I mean, it's kind of an amazing place for a teenager to go Sure. It's, it's a giant amplifier and hook up to the guitar and the guy makes cool shit. Um, he's eccentric, he's interesting, he's, he's, you know, you can learn from him. Right. He's never inappropriate, at least that we know That of. we see, <laughs> you know, yeah. He's got a cool dog, yeah. you know, who knows how they met. Maybe it was a dog walker, I don't know. I think Bob Gale wrote uh, an issue of the comic book that's about how they met. Oh, that's um, interesting. Which I will Google in a moment because it, it's. I know it's kind of canon. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I like. Um, you know, it's funny. Speaking of Doc Brown, when I was I was really paying attention to a handful of of lines in the movie this time. Yeah. And one that I love that has always stood out to me is please excuse the crudity of this model. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole spiel. You know, kind of scale, yeah. And it's, it's such a uh, good yeah. like. And Marty's reaction is just. Like, it's great, Doc. It's great. He does it again <laughs> in the third movie when when they do the train set. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it, it's 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 Doc's uh, you know uh, strive for perfection. Uh, I mean, that's the other thing about casting. You know, we talked about Michael J. Fox, but you know, John Lithgow was somebody they looked at. For, oh, for now Doc. that's interesting. And would it would have been interesting? It would not nearly have been as wonderful as Christopher Lloyd. I agree. Um, and uh, it, it, like, how much. Christopher Lloyd brings to the role is lots of subtleties too, yes. every which way. His own disappointment when when he first shows up <laughs> at the house and he's like, "Do you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all." He's pulling out the head thing, and it's just it's the timing is fantastic. It, it, it it's it, Christopher Lloyd is. He's a he's a national treasure, really, truly. Well, I think you're hitting on, to me at least, the the I think the subtlety is the thing that sets this doc that sets Doc Brown apart from potentially other actors or Christopher Lloyd's Doc Brown. Because, you know, we've seen I'm a huge Lithgow fan, yeah. and we've seen um him on like Third Rock from the Sun, and obviously he's capable of being eccentric and ex big exactly. and broad and but yeah. there's something to Christopher Lloyd when he does it, he's since Sincerely, he's not trying to be a caricature. Like he is sincerely this guy. Yeah. This weird guy who's a millionaire. Yeah. Who you know, and who does like it, it's just so authentic. Yeah. It feels like a real character. And 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 it is a performance. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd is a saw. I I had him on my show, um, and he is a soft-spoken, very uh, polite. You know, the, la the the furthest thing away from yeah. eccentric the, the, that you can imagine. Um, so he's going for it. 
you know he is digging deep and finding that somewhere and, and giving that performance from God knows what place and then later in with Zemeckis again in who framed Roger Rabbit like oh, yeah. the the it's it's a really yeah it's yes. a really fun it's a really fun comparison to make yeah uh, especially considering it's the same director and it's the same composer um, but it's and they're not the same character at all but it's fun to watch the yeah it's fun to watch them he likes to do that on on, on, on my show he played a villain who was kind of a religious fanatic uh, uh, it, it, you know it's a time travel show mm-hmm. and they were de- devoted to um st- basically the end of time, essentially. Um, and he really dug deep, I mean, went into the wardrobe. He's like, I, I want I want to shave my eyebrows for this. I think it would be really weird. And I, any other actor, I'd be like, what are you, crazy? <laughs> and I was like, all right, look, Christopher Lloyd, you know, star of television and film. Yes. If you want to National shave your Treasure. eyebrows for my show, who am I to say no? Uh, and, and so he, he really gave it. So, um, and the first time, the first episode he was in it, he, did, he had this very, very contained performance, um, but there was, with, with hints of insanity. Mm-hmm. But the second time, you could tell he was, he, he was kind of holding back, and I, I said, I'm like, you know, you can chew it up here. You mm-hmm. can just go for it. And a sparkling in his eyes and this big smile, I was like, yeah, you, you don't mind? I'm like, go for it. Worst thing, we can dial you back like we're gonna dial Christopher Lloyd back and he went for it and did this (laughs) dance thing and this amazing thing and and, um, I'm at Video Village and I turned around and uh, the PA had this tear coming down his face he's like I can't believe we get to see this guy do this and it was extraordinary wow were you directing that episode I kind of ish yeah okay kind of ish I have to say that's a pretty big um it was amazing yeah that's a pretty childhood dream. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but I will say, speaking of things that we've like noticed um, this time around or this viewing, I really okay. Uh, the character of Lorraine mm. uh, by you know Leah Thompson's character. Yeah. Um, She's so good. She it? is so good. And now I know we were talking a little bit about the snarky you know commentary of like oh what's this teenage kid hanging out with this old man? But also the other part of it is oh yeah Back to the Future is just a movie about a lady whose a mom tries to bang her son or whatever. And I get it. It's I hate that. But you know, whatever. A, a same, a same. Yeah. But I did notice how, and I'm not trying to get too you know, woo-woo about it. But Leah Thompson's character is doing a lot of subversive things, Mm -hmm. like talking about a lot of rebellion at that time. Mm -hmm. And it's not the focus of the movie. You know, I feel like if the movie came out now, maybe we could do just a little bit more with that. They would do a lot more. And and I would like maybe a little bit more, like if it came out now. But I understand, like... It's also the 50s. Exactly. Yes, this is my point, is that how truly rebellious she is in this perfect little 50s dress. Right. And the idea that she looks the part and that that type of girl, this is something I relate to absolutely. Like, you know, when I when people first found that I was a big horror fan, it's like they're like, "But you don't look there you look right. a certain way and so why do you have these interests?" And and for for Lorraine, I just am like, you know, she's doing everything right, but also She's not this like pretty, you know, or I'm sorry, she's not this um, quiet, reserved, like precious little 1950s teenager. Right. She's sexual and she likes to drink and she likes to have a good time yeah. and she's sassy and like right. I, she goes after what she wants. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's. She's a strong female she's protagonist. Very cool. You know, um, it, yes, 
she she's fantastic in it and the whole like it's um it's your son and that's weird but i'm like who really knows how that goes with genetics and weirdness and like uh, who knows what you'd be attracted to i mean like i it you would think not but i don't know yeah it's weird um it is uh, the the thing that does strike me that it's kind of impossible to get away from, and it actually always, and it's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Is Biff is really rapey, yeah, beyond rapey, and but in that way that like he's at, at one point he's in the school cafeteria, and like he's like saying horrible yes. things in front of the friends, and nobody's doing anything. Yes. And it, I mean, I remember back in 1993 seeing stuff like that happen. Yeah. And everybody being too afraid to to say anything. So it's not, I, I, I don't think it's um, inauthentic. If no, you I you know agree. I, mean? I agree. It's funny you say that because this time around, I also noticed in our, in the timeline, the future where we end up, right? The version of 1985, that's where we where land. He's wax in the car. He's wax in the car, yeah. whatever. Today it hit me that Lorraine is and is like, oh yeah, that guy tried to rape me in the car. He works for us now. Yeah. And But the thing is, and I, I have to be like, I have, my, my mother has told me stories that you just sometimes go, I, that's kind of bad. Yeah. And she, it is just like, but this is but just, this is how it was. Exactly. Yeah. My, my mom was one of the first sort of like, like working women, like the moon, the, when that movie came out yeah. with, uh, with Work, um, working girl, working girl, like that was my mom. Yeah. And they went like, my, my dad took her to see that on a date because that was a big deal. So I always, and, and the stories that my mom would come home, mm-hmm. she'd have to leave jobs because of men like that and things, you know, so I'm, it makes a lot more sense, but in, in in that way of this is just how it is. Yeah, doesn't mean it's right. Right. And I think now she'll say it's not how it's right, but it's yeah, it's amazing to watch the pendulum swing so strangely, you know, and how and, and how we uh, have come to not accept any of this, even the even a whiff of that yeah. is like. But I don't think again. I don't think it hurts the film. No, I, I don't agree. look at the film and go, "This is dated and trashy." And, sure, and, you know we should cancel Back to the Future. Well, no, I yeah. mean, but if anything, it kind of I kind of think it's even more um, like the idea that these guys who made this movie are criticizing the nineteen the 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 illusion of the nineteen fifties. Yeah, that I think is actually quite quite bold yeah quite you know like a, like a little like rebellious yeah um, which is very cool yeah. And so actually speaking of, I want to ask you as a creator yourself who has dealt with time travel and different time periods and all of that, when you're faced with like portraying a certain time period where questionable things would have been going on, obviously, you know, what, what is your approach I to like that? To, I mean, I would, uh, I would have leaned into it as much as possible, yeah. you know, and, the, and Back to the Future does. There's the, there's the Goldie Wilson. Yes, absolutely. Where it's interesting the 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 head of the cafe the mm-hmm. the guy who runs Lou I think is the guy who runs the cafe you know Marty gives him the idea he's like he's going to be mayor and Lou says a colored mayor mm-hmm. that'll be the day and it's not uh, it's weirdly like it's almost as if Lou and Goldie get along great too totally like, that's just how it was right you know that you would say you would call him colored it's terrible yeah um but 
what happens? That he totally becomes his own man and becomes the mayor of Hill Valley and whatnot. So it is, uh, it, they do kind of sure. shine a light on the racism of the 1950s. In that yeah, way. yeah. In that way, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Let's see. What are some other things? Oh, do you have a favorite line? Do I have a favorite line from Back to the Future? Or you can pick a couple if you want. But does, is there um, one that you're just like, God, that's my favorite? Uh, I mean, there's so many little throwaway lines that, that probably I use in, on a daily basis. Uh, the one I like quite a bit is Jesus George is a wonder I was even born. Uh-huh. You know the, these little throwaway bits. Um, uh, Doc, uh, you know I, I I'd have to I should be more prepared for this. No, I'll think of it as they come. Okay, yeah, yeah. My I I still to this day love the fish under the sea dance. I will say, hold on before yeah. before that. It there it is a foul language film. You think so, so? Well, I have a six-year-old boy okay. who is obsessed with the DeLorean and obsessed with Back to the Future. In the most recent Back to the Future set, the car- the animated series. Have you ever oh, seen the animated no. series? So there was an animated series, and it's bookended with Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown talking like he's Mr. Wizard. Oh, okay. Talking about science and whatnot. It's pretty great. They're like, come nice. in and see new Doc Brown. Stuff I'd had never seen. I'd never watched the cartoon. But it's, it is it is all about, uh, so my kid loves it. You know, the DeLorean's in it and the time train and all that stuff. So, but when you go to sit down and watch these movies, mm-hmm. it is shit, damn it, holy shit. Um, Jesus Christ, like nonstop. And yes. I love it because I, you know, you and I, we grew up with sure. Goonies. And sure, you know. exactly. But yeah, my kid, the first time my kid ever said shit was when the DeLorean was hit by the train. He went, shit, really <laughs> loud. And I was very proud. <laughs> my wife was not, but uh, it led to a very, very, very long conversation sure but it was fantastic yeah 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 i didn't i mean i think about that like i guess maybe to you know we rented this movie a lot for some reason my dad never bought it for me and i don't know why maybe it's because there was the profanity i mean my dad is the one who showed me this movie and it was on all the time we watched it but we rented it every time i don't know what that was about but either way then then i was of the generation where it was on tbs all the time yes so i could watch back to the future yeah at at all the time i will say i want to ask you about the sequels Mm -hmm. so because i do not like part two at all you don't like any of part two no i really don't you don't like when he goes back into the first movie no it's pretty Pretty genius. I really don't. Really? No. Oh, I love that. I mean, I could uh, give it another try, but it just feels so extra. Everything, meaning like <laughs> the the tone of Back to the Future yeah. 2 feels very extra uh, to me. One of the future stuff is pretty goofy. Cool. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and Marty, you know, Michael J. Fox playing his daughter and his kid and all that stuff. But, you know, when I saw it... I, I was just into flying cars and future hill, totally. you know, hill valley, um, but it is bold uh-huh. in the respect that like they come back to this alternate 1985. Like I remember articles being written about how confused audience the audiences were by the really alternate, yeah yeah it was a big deal um, and that had, how Doc had to draw out the timeline and what happened with Biff and all that stuff. Um, it is, I think, though, the, the move personally. Yeah, no, yes. Because I accept my that, that the first half of that movie is is some, is not for everyone. Yeah. But 
when it goes back to the first movie and he's avoiding his other self yes. there, I I love that. It's a, I mean, I love the end of that movie where Doc finishes sending Marty back in time in the clock tower and then running around the corner as another Marty who's got the same problem. Um, I, I love that. That's still one of my favorite endings to any film. Uh-huh. But I accept it's different. Yes, yes, it is. It is. And then the third movie, I don't mind. I mean, like, I think it's... I, I, I think need it's to, really charming. I need to rewatch the third yeah. movie because it's been a while. Um, and, and But I do remember being charmed by it's it. It's a love letter to Doc. I yeah. Think, you know what I mean? It's a love story. And um, it's probably the... I mean, it's the closest of the two to the original. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, 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 you know, yeah, I, I have lots of, of course. nostalgia for that. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, the uh, but agreed. The first one is perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. It's just. Uh. Yeah. It's just different. It's just different than the other ones. But by the way, I also admire any time a franchise actually tries to, like, it could have the sequel could have easily been, you know. You know, yes, we the first movie ends with us going to the future, but then we could have just gone back and had to, you know, Marty goes to wherever, wherever, you know, and yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, so I do appreciate like the ambition that comes along with and the figuring out the timelines and all of the and all of that. But yeah, yeah, just the tone feels a little bit different to me. Yeah, third Um, one is a lot closer. Yeah, to the first movie. Um. I'm just thinking about the Old West, and of course that's what you do. Of course you go to the Old West. Um, I think my favorite line is is still, like, so I play in a movie trivia league, and um, I'm, I always fear getting asked the question, what's the name of the dance that, uh, you know, George and Lorraine go to, not because I don't know, but because I in- instinctually call it the fish under the sea dance. Oh, because of what uh, uh, Wendy Jo Sperber. <laughs> yes. Uh, Wendy Jo Sperber, she it's, was so great. It's such a good line, though. It's a, the fish under the sea dance, and. And now, you know, they do. Have you ever been to the? They do one here. Yeah. Well, my friends, some of those guys who restored the car, they're throw the ones that, throw that event. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, and um, they did. Yeah, you can go to the location of that dance, and uh, which is a, it's a lot smaller. Sure. In that stage, but yeah, it's pretty great. They I, do an event. Uh, there's one coming up, I think. Is it this year? They do. They do it. They they start at the mall. Oh. One night, and they do. They reenact the Libyans chasing the car at the mall they show the movie in the parking lot huh at uh puente hills is the mall uh-huh. then they go every which way to like pasadena to the other houses to doc's house is is the gamble house in mm-hmm. pasadena which is really cool and then they do yeah they do everything and then they're but they do a dance right like they do a dance there, yeah. yeah i think that's really yeah. fun um what are some other anything else that you want to like dive into that we didn't touch on well, um, let me see here. Let me look at my check the little my, notes. My my notes. Um, While you're no. looking at that, one thing I'll throw out is um, Christopher Lloyd in his age makeup in 1985 in the first movie yeah. uh, looks so much like Christopher Lloyd yeah. turned out looking. Turned out to be. And um, the only other time I've really noticed that is Max von Sydow in The Exorcist. Like, because, you know, he's oh, in old true. man makeup right. the, whole, the whole time. That's right. So when he's the older priest, he he's looks, not that old. He looks, he like looks he exactly know. like that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I, you know, Crispin Glover, I have a thing, I thought Crispin Glover's old makeup was amazing. Yeah. Like, he really looked like a dad who was a greaser from the 50s. Uh, um, you know, um, I, I I like I have lots of other little things here just about 
Hill Valley itself. Oh yeah, the character. Yes, in the film. yes. And in in that trilogy, but just like the clock tower and aging it and 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 how iconic all that is 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 pretty extraordinary. The um, you know, um, it's also it, it tonally is is. Uh, I had this meeting with Amblin actually this week, and I was talking about this. Is there's nothing like really out there tonally that. I guess kind of the Marvel movies uh-huh. will do comedy and adventure and with real stakes, yeah. but nothing quite feels like the old Amblin movies. Like even when I'm watching season three of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. um, their their comedy is, is they're so broad that they're amped up, so they're not quite in the same yeah. world. Um, so it's it's really interesting that nobody's making this kind of movie. So I um, last night I put the movie on and uh, unpo- and you stopped it in the middle because I was t- falling asleep, not because I was bored, but because I was tired. So I got up this morning and was like, okay, uh, and pick up where a little bit before I left off, right? So I'll keep keep watching. And uh, so I was I was watching it on on a disc and I clicked back to scene to scene to scene to try to get to where I where I finished. And I noticed that two or three scenes in a row where they pick up Marty is running into the frame yeah and it's like and and the fact and you know you don't you would never notice that um unless you were actually searching through chapters in a dvd menu but the point is that the energy like that when do you ever see anybody doing anything excitedly like in order to make it move you have to go 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 Yeah, yeah and i think maybe that's sort of why the, I never got into the second one because it's so turned up, you know, yeah. um, that that like because in the first movie, that makes sense. That energy that we're, we really are running out of time. Like yeah. we have to You're go. Clock, yeah. But also that youthful teenage like scamp running around yeah. and doing getting into mischief yeah, like yeah, makes yeah. perfect sense. You yeah. Know? Well, he's on, he's on a time clock. Too. I mean, yeah. And there's no better way to do that. And he's sliding across the the hood of the DeLorean. It's all fantastic. So, okay, I have a, a question for you that, that I, I want, I definitely wanted to ask and I don't know how, I don't know what you're going to say. So, Uh-oh. the idea, <laughs> I know how you, so for instance, Solo just came out mm-hmm. and uh, that was a reimagining or revisiting of a world and a character. And you didn't like Solo, I right? didn't, I didn't right. like Solo, I no. Solo. I know you so did. we can fight about that. No, that's why I'm asking yeah, about yeah. it because... But I, I kind of get it, but whatever well for me honestly I would have enjoyed the movie a lot more if it just hadn't been Han Solo I don't know why that guy had to be Han Solo like why couldn't he have just been a side story I don't don't, personally Um, but either way okay but do you like you love The Last Jedi I like The Last Jedi a lot okay I like The Last Jedi a lot okay yeah I, I don't like it better than Force Awakens. I like it different than Force Awakens. Okay. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, also, though, I come from the camp of Star Wars has always been a part of my life, um, and I've been a fan. This is like a whole other podcast. That's okay. We could we could easily go on to. I I do not want I'll you. I'll do it. I do not want you to. Uh, uh, I Todd uh, Todd Stashwick and I have had literally this exact same because I know you guys are pretty similar on where you stand on yes. Last Jedi and and, and Solo. Solo. Yeah. Yeah. So my point is just that I am not so precious about Star Wars. I I grew up with it and I love it and it is important to me. However, the stuff that we're getting into uh, or the messages we're sending with something like Last Jedi, I actually quite like because it makes me feel like I am invited into this franchise in a way where before I maybe didn't. What message 
what message did you get from Last Jedi? Yeah, that you felt like you you hadn't had before. Just the idea that um, like I could see characters that looked like me, that looked you know that weren't. It wasn't just following like this one this one guy and his friends. It's more of like I'm very invested in Ray's in Ray's journey, but for that starts in Force Awakens. Though, I agree. Doesn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, what I'm saying is that. Last Jedi did not squash that from. Also, the the liberties that that Last Jedi took with um, Luke Skywalker, like that, didn't upset me. Right. Because I know that you were not a fan of some of those things. I no, that's uh, we're well, like we're like opening up like a okay. big long thing. So I, I actually don't have a problem with with Luke Skywalker saying I'm out of the game. Fuck it. Sure. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with. Um, and and look, let me let me preface this by saying, Ryan Johnson's an amazing filmmaker, sure. and it, he, and I think what one of the main reasons that the movie is so um, polarizing, mm-hmm. I think, is it's so well made. Mm-hmm. So if it makes a choice that you don't like, it makes it really well, right? But it may be a choice that. Is, could be the wrong choice. Sure. But man, he did it the best way you would make that choice. Sure. And in a way, in a weird way, like if he had done it worse, it would have been like, well, fuck that, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it because it's done so well that the people who do like the choice love it, love it very loudly. And the people who don't love that choice love it very loudly. Sure. And then you have this... Loud, whole, loud. This, this arguing <laughs> no, yeah. thing. But I do think that... Um, for as bold as it is, I don't necessarily agree with all of those. And I don't have any problem with Rose or any of those other characters or those kinds of things. Um, It's more mythology and uh, closing a door and opening a door kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You can say, fine, she has no parents or Snoke is nobody or whatever, but like you have so, to leave without questions, I think is, was, is, not great for Star Wars. Okay. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. It, like, you could have ended Star Wars forever after Last Jedi. Uh-huh. Like, I wasn't like, oh, okay. Now what? Yeah. I was like, okay, that's kind of the end. That's so funny. It's not I, really a cliffhanger. Really? What's the, I, what's see, the cliffhanger? Okay, just, I mean, I will get to my Back to the Future question, but, and again, I can't, like, I, I really, I haven't seen Last Jedi in maybe six months, so I can't, right. I can't get to, into the specifics, but, um, I actually felt like it was the start of a new trilogy. Like, meaning I felt like, I know it's not, but like, I felt like Force Awakens was a thing that introduced us to the world now, and then Last Jedi was a thing where I was like, ooh, I need to see where the rest of this goes. With, um... What's the rest? Kylo. I want to see... But that's it. He screams and he's kind of like a mean, mean boss now. Him and that... What is Him he? and that admiral. I yelling, don't know. They're, they're yelling at each other know. in that... I'm invested. Dad, dad. I'm invested in the the leadership that Leia is providing for these people, and I, I don't know. But I okay. So I'll give you, this is like debate. I give you thirty seconds to reply, and then See, I'll get I to want, my real question. What, I want Stashwick on here. I want to do this with Todd. Okay. And I want Todd to be honest and open. He's afraid to be. We we like, had a whole conversation about it over wine down in down yeah. in NoHo. He, he will go. Well, Todd is a brilliant writer. That's the yes, other thing. Is. is Todd's? We're talking about Todd Stashwick as an actor who was on this show. Monkeys and and um, so. Todd has has all of the fanboy, but he also has mm-hmm. that has the the a, a really good sense of story, right. and mythology, and it's in his DNA. So that's why it's really interesting to 
to to have this debate with Todd. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll do a little bonus at some point. And okay. if you haven't listened we'll to him, we'll never get him to do it. Publicly. He he picked uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Ooh, so you can one. yeah you can listen to that episode. Okay. So my real question. Okay. Yeah. That, sorry. That this, I keep. We're... No, no. This is good because this is why I bring it up. Okay. Um, Back to the Future. Is there, in your opinion, is there room to play with the Back to the Future universe now? Uh, in may, in terms of like, if they were to make a new project, if they were to dive back in. Yeah, no, I mean, I think about it all the time. Um, they don't want to do it. Great. Zemeckis and Gale are like, no, no Back to the Future. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, maybe. Maybe. And I would want to be on that committee. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because, um, look, I think, yes. I, I, the, the, I do have a thing where... Um, I don't believe that a remake or a sequel erases the thing that came before it. Same. Like, you can choose to ignore Obviously. It. Yeah, 12 exactly. Monkeys. 12 Monkeys. Well, yeah, well, we got a lot, you know. Of course. Of you can't make 12 Monkeys and, um, and including Terry Gilliam. Like, this is a stupid idea. I'm like, well, th- thanks, man. Thanks, Who buddy. Hasn't even read the script. Bye. Um, but I, I accept that. But mm-hmm. it doesn't erase the original. No. You know, um, so, uh, I, for instance, I, I think J.J.'s first Star Trek movie is amazing. I don't love the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need to think about the second one if I don't love it. Sure. So I'll just keep watching the first one. Sure. Um, so, uh, but doesn't mean, doesn't, you know. So I, I, there could be, there could be. Y- you would want it to be in the hands of somebody. There, the, Some of these things feel like, they think they know what worked about it and then they really didn't and that hurts yes. a bit more. Yes, you know? yes. Um, I, I am also, so I'm not suggesting either. I don't, first of all, I think if you're going to revisit Back to the Future, you do not remake it. No. Uh, you, you don't start over because ultimately I was looking at, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, Back to the Future to me is a higher concept fish out of water story I mean that's yeah. kind of it it's like the bones of this so so what I'm getting at is like in my head I'm like well you don't need to remake Back to the Future because Back to the Future is just a spin on a thing that like has been around forever right, you know right. so but that said um I do think uh, it's also tough because I am, as a horror fan, especially not anti-remake uh, or right. reimagining or reboot. I, sure. but, but when you're getting into those things, you would obviously want to do it where you see a place that you could maybe improve. And with Back to the Future, I'm like, well, I don't know what you're going to improve. Not in that first movie. So, yeah. the, so the idea, though, that you could go on that adventure with another character that is somehow related to this whole scheme, right. like that could be interesting. Right. But you want to do it sooner than later, you right? Know? You know, I think there's a there's a window for it. Um, it is interesting to me, like when, uh, like you know, they're making Ghostbusters three, right? Yes, now, right. Yes. So that's going to be everybody's going to be talking about, yeah, that right. And and you know, uh, but Ghostbusters, there should have been like nine of them, uh-huh. with those guys, you know, and. For whatever reason, they didn't. But like, man, is if there is ever a franchise so ready for different kinds of paranormal things and yeah. watching these people deal with it, it was that. But you know, when you wait so long, I don't know if it. You can, you know, they're like they're gonna do same thing with Indiana Jones, right? Like, there should have been like Bond. There should have been like eight of those. Uh, yeah. You know. Um, okay, so Temple of Doom wasn't the best. Keep going. You know, and um, but. Uh, you know they're gonna do one more, and you hope. Uh, 
you hope it's going to be good. So I, I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's a difficult thing because you want more of the thing you like. Yeah. You know, but it, it's impossible for it not to feel like you might sully it. And I think the fear of that stops you from making more. Yeah. Which kind of is not great. Yeah. So I don't know. They'd have to do something soon. But it's a legacy project. I don't know. It's so hard, too, because, you know, I um, personally, as a literal lifelong fan of this movie, like this one and Wizard of Oz are the two that yeah. I think were on when I was given, yeah. like my mother gave part birth. Part of your DNA. It is part of my DNA. And that said, you know, there's the, the notion that maybe... Marty had a daughter or like a, a girl getting to go on yeah. this adventure. Um, yeah, you know, be great. it would be great, but it's hard because, you know, the the way where we're at now, it couldn't even. I feel like it just would be doomed from the start, which really sucks. That's right. all I'm trying to say. Yeah. Because I would love it to would go. It would take and, someone like a JJ or a Jordan Peele or somebody with tremendous clout to sit down with Steven and be like, could and Bob and Bob and be like, I have this idea. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I think for Jason Reitman, it certainly helps that he can sit down and be like, dad, yes, <laughs> I want, I want to do something that honors, you know, what you, what that first movie was. Sure. Um, so you're kind of the circumstances to make the combination is very small. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. very limited. On exactly. That, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I definitely wanted to float that by you. And I bring up the solo. Where does the- Ghostbusters fall in your, DNA. Yeah. Um, the Ghostbusters 2 and Vigo coming out of the painting was the maybe the scariest thing I had seen. Ghostbusters 2? Yeah. That's so interesting. In my life. I think it's because... It's not what I was expecting. But because when did... Okay. Ghostbusters 1 was... 1984. 84, right. So were you even born? No. You weren't born yet? No. Okay. I mean, almost, but okay. but no. A couple okay. years. Um, and but Ghost- I'm so old. <laughs> I saw <laughs> Ghostbusters in the theater. No, but that's that's great. But Ghost- I shouldn't have. I was nine. I sh- it was inappropriate for me to see it. But was it? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's edgy for the. Time. I was walking out going, "This man has no dick. Uh-huh. This man has right, no dick." Right, right, and my right. mom was like, "What did you just this say? This was a mistake. Where did you see that? So we saw it at summer camp. Actually. But Ghostbusters two is 89, 90? Yeah. yeah. Okay, eighty nine. So my parents took me 89. to see that movie in the theater. I was probably yeah. three, and it scared the shit out of me and then that was the thing that but also I like and now that I'm an adult ready for controversial opinion I actually I like Ghostbusters 2 maybe more in terms of rewatching because Dana has more to do like I like Dana and Sigourney you know because she's got the baby and she's that's a big part of it I'm not saying that like it's better what I'm saying is in terms of like what I find more entertaining personally I do like that they have a relationship yeah that happened off screen that we didn't see yes and that they're dealing it dealing with it as exes who get along sure um there is there is some more depth. I would I would agree. The Ghostbusters two is not a bad movie. No, and I don't People know why everybody really, like freaks out about yeah, Ghostbusters two and says it's it's a trav. It's like a, it's not as good as the first one. Sure, it's not. Sure, but it's it's not terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's just different too. Yeah. it's just different. It was a different time. Meaning they made in 1984 what those guys were up to versus 1989 what those guys were up to. It's just different. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Um, and then you know I person like. With the uh, with Paul Feig's Ghostbusters, um, there's a lot that I like about it. I think it could have been better. 
Uh, I think that there's nothing. I don't understand why. That's another one of those arguments that's really it's hard to have, to have it's, because of the of what it meant. Yes, for the moment. Yes, and then what it was as a piece of art. Right, and that you to criticize one didn't necessarily mean you were criticizing the other. That's got to be difficult. Right. To to navigate. It is. Yeah. I agree. It is. Um, but I also don't understand. And you know, I think this is. As somebody who doesn't have insider knowledge, a studio thing, the idea that that you know the studio seems scared the whole way through, and they bowed to the YouTubers and the bullshit backlash and all of that stuff, and now knowing that Ghostbusters three will not even like feature or I, I'm not saying that the girls have to be. But they're the, in a different universe. That's but see, what's weird. This is what I don't understand. Is they didn't have to do that. Uh, that is a weird choice. Like. There, I went, he went, okay, well, we're, now we're going to dive into this. Okay, okay let's do so it. So when they said, we're going to take the gang from Bridesmaids and we're doing Ghostbusters, I lost my mind. Right. I could not have been happier. Yep. Who better to inherit the, than, than, you know, and then you brought on Kate McKinnon and I mean, Kristen Wiig. I, mean, I, was, I was on board. But then they were like, it's a reboot. And I was like, oh, I don't, do we need, do we need a reboot? Right. Do we need to see that origin story? Right. Okay, you know what? M- m- I'm open-minded. Um, but then the story just wasn't that great. Sure. <laughs> like that villain is just not as cool or as mysterious. He was like kind of just a goofy villain. Uh-huh. And then I was like, oh, it kind of started to meander, you know. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why those choices. They wanted to restart in a whole new world. I mean, I, uh, you know, and then they brought back everybody anyway. I know. You had Bill Murray and all these. Uh, uh, yeah. So you could have. The idea that, to me, the idea that, um, because uh, the idea that was floating around for the Ghostbusters reboot forever was it's a new team, obviously, because the old team is old. Yeah. I mean, it's not me being yeah, an no. asshole. Like, that like makes Pete sense. Pete should be the CEO. Absolutely. Of, or, yeah. Yes. And so that was the biggest question to me. Why, why can't, could the, the 2016 Ghostbusters just not have been these girls or a chapter, a chapter, not a chapter, but you know what I mean? A, um, um, like a, a group in a certain city that's, you know, and the guys are still. You could have done that or or the guys, are, the Ghostbusters haven't been around for 20 years. Right. But they existed in history and uh, and whether Melissa McCarthy or Kristen Wiig is related or yeah, not related. It doesn't. It's time to bring them back. There's some new threat. And then the guys show up in some capacity probably in the third act i mean look you want to see bill murray put on a pro sure. again you know it, you know you could do um i don't know it's just I, such a weird choice i don't know maybe it's because everybody thinks we just came up with that that we can't do that because that's what we're everybody's expecting but but maybe that's but what, what the audience wants people want yeah, exactly so yeah it's complicated and i wish that i i think that um you know reitman uh, jason who by the way i think is brilliant brilliant progressive one of the most pro woman directors i have seen over the last decade like i love his work as a woman i feel like he has an empathy and a understanding of complex women Mm -hmm. like i don't think jason reitman hates women that's what i'm saying but that said he needs to be aware or i would suggest that in talking about this it's kind of like you have to understand what just happened you can't just be like oh no we're making a real ghostbusters movie oh you're talking about that oh i'm just talking about the attitude and going forward is a tricky thing 
it's just a tricky thing. I I'm not getting that from him, and I and I think I I, I, I there was a controversy on, on on social media about some of his comments, and I think what's tricky is you say something off the cuff in this day and age, and it's analyzed in a way that you really didn't intend it to be. I agree. Maybe he did. I can't speak for him. So I like, and it's not that the criticism is wrong, but the the passion should be in check. You know what I mean? Yes. And so, um, specifically when he's saying, my main character is a young girl. My the Absolutely. whole my, the impetus of this was I saw a young girl with a proton pack. Yes. So yes, um, I agree. But that has nothing to do. For me, it's you know. Most of the casting of that movie is kids, right? So, right. I don't know, but I, I love Paul Rudd. And then they announced Paul Rudd, and I'm like, give Paul Rudd a proton pack, and I'm as happy as <laughs> any human being on the planet. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I just don't know. Um, I don't know how you get to the feeling of blue collar New York guys, you know, uh, doing coming to this. It's a different. It's going to be different. Yeah. You know? I I have no idea. I I will be there opening night and. I I am curious also and and just to clarify before we move on to our final part of this show, uh, I I wasn't saying that I believe that Jason Reitman was saying you know anything with bad intentions. Well, all I'm no, I know. Yeah, I know. all I'm saying is just that I think that. I I just think I would like for him to be maybe maybe he was a kind of actually or like a quick awakening of like oh I have to be really careful yes uh, and choose my words wisely because there was a lot of really bad stuff that happened around this property okay. yeah well let's talk about that for a second sure if we have time if I you mean, have time yeah no I do uh, I uh, so I, I have a I have a terrible opinion about that too mm -hmm. so these fucking trolls yes these horrible pieces of shit okay so most recently on this you have um, Ariel yes yes uh, Little Mermaid yes thing so that was trending um, about how uh, just I'm, I don't know when this comes out, but the, yeah. the idea that they cast an African American girl as Ariel in the Little Mermaid, right? Jesus, who cares? But whatever, right? It was trending so much on Twitter, and every one of my friends was talking about mm -hmm. it. But if you looked at the volume, more people were talking about being angry at the people mm -hmm. who resented it, and so what we did was we amplified the voice. Of the troll. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing that's happening right now with things like Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. Things like the Ghostbusters thing is terrible. I mean, you know, what they did, what, what fans have done to people um, like the, the guy, I don't remember her name, who plays Rose in Last Jedi. Oh, yes. you know, these, kind, these kinds of things where you have to leave social media. I mean, it's terrible. Um, but we're also, on the counterpoint of it, is we've amplified mm -hmm. their voices by so many articles. Because now you have clickbait articles about that. Here's what terrible person said about Ariel being an African-American. And you're like, don't give them a voice. I agree. And, and, I agree. And, and so it's it's difficult because you want to punish them uh -huh. for being monstrous. Right. But at the same time, 
we this weird uh, like human beings dealing with social media mm-hmm. and how we take in this data we're not designed for it right to be this hive mind that we are we amplify these things and i think it makes everyone crazy yeah you're right and, i agree and like it's easy to like there will be a way to get angry about anything you go on social media yes i, I, I think basically the conclusion of this is social media is the devil it's we need real to bad. get away from and it. the day we can all not be on it but do you we'll know what i mean great. like i'm trying not like i'm not trying to be insensitive to the thing it's like but but like we keep shining a light on these I, horrible horrible and you had a tremendous thing happen you yes. via social media yes i mean yes what was that um oh well that was a person uh who was getting i mean it was a lot of problems on instagram um and it was uh it was one person creating hundreds of accounts and leaving literally thousands of comments um all day every day for several months at a time talking about you know when people say i got a death threat i'm like okay but it, which by the way shouldn't happen i, I right. it should not happen you were getting um but flooded. no this was this was all day every day the most violent um you know language uh, racist language like uh, graphic language but the thing was it w- it did not stop it was one person who was doing it literally all the time right. for months. And um, the idea, and, and my opinion on the social media of it all, which does tie into this is, you know, they are cowards. Instagram is, are, and Facebook and Twitter are mm-hmm. cowards. And they know what they're doing. We just saw it on YouTube with the idea that this, this blogger was saying like, or I'm sorry, he's a YouTuber and he was saying, I am openly gay. This other blog or YouTuber is sicking his fans on me and I am being harassed and threatened. He's telling them to do this to me. This yeah, it's really awful. And, and YouTube finally, res- and YouTube will not flag this guy who is who is talking about all of this homophobia and all of these um, anti-Hispanic uh, rhetoric directed at this one guy. Um, and an you, influencer? Yeah, an influencer. Wow. And YouTube said, uh, they don't violate our code of conduct. Oh my God. And YouTube just went, oh, well, we, we've decided that he cannot, so, so then there was a lot of pushback on that. And so then YouTube comes back and says, We've decided that he can no longer monetize his videos. And the guy who was the victim of this was saying, hey, morons, he's selling merch. Like, you guys are promoting wow. this. this." Well, pro- there you have it. So, my, my, I agree. I do not think that amplifying these, these you know, like, round it, Twitter, Twitter roundups of the worst things yes, we did those, today. Those drive me crazy. The, the idea that actual outlets run articles on petitions to remake The right. Last Jedi. Yeah. Like, Where there's, like, 500 idiots like, let's, signing this thing. Yeah. Uh, that I agree with. That we need to just be like, we put you in. I always think of the Sam Neill TV miniseries Merlin, where the way he defeats Queen Mab at the end is he says, <laughs> we're just going to forget you. This is a deep cut. Okay. The nerd is strong. Like, this is a real thing. But my point is, like, yes, you have to just... There are some things that you legitimately do have to ignore. However, to take it back to what we were talking about, my thing is, Jason Reitman does not get the luxury of entering into this project and ignoring everything that happened in 2016. He needs to be aware of it. I'm not saying, by the way, not saying he needs to address it. Not saying he needs so, to bring uh, it up. So, uh, and I ask you this question not sure. as a challenge, as a legitimate question because I don't, yes. I, I don't, my eyes aren't on it. Do you feel like he is ignoring it? Um, 
I think no I what I think though is like the kerfuffle when all of this was announced was the casual language of oh no 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 I'm gonna make a movie for the fans and I'm gonna make a real Ghostbusters movie and you just go yeah but see this is you gotta just be more careful like just be aware be aware of the words that you're using because this was a thing and unfortunately it was kind of a big thing and it was not good uh, and I'm not talking about even the quality of the movie. I'm just talking about the the back the fans who allegedly. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The, I, again, I don't. Yes, those the you, the 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 they ruined my childhood by passing the, girls well, kind of thing. The those, down the yeah. downvoted the most downvoted trailer in the history of YouTube. Right. And like the the concerted internet effort to watch. If any woman talked about Ghostbusters on Twitter to immediately, like people are just sitting around doing this. And for whatever reason, these awful knuckleheads picked Ghostbusters. You're just like, what? This is the part that is insane. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so anyway, again, I love Jason Reitman. I will see the movie and I'm sure. Yeah. Look, I mean, but that, I mean, it's, you're right. I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Boy, and uh, so I, I'm sitting here thinking, like, what would I have done in his shoes? In a weird way, all that's so bad uh-huh. that you kind of wanna, you kind of do wanna. Like, I could understand the instinct of let's not address yes. the, the thing at all. Let's let's keep what we're we're making a sequel to to the originals. And I think you know, yes, that's so, an okay thing to say. But, I would but say, it, but it's not, but. How? Well, maybe not though. What I'm coming around closer to what you're saying, uh-huh. which is there is a giant portion of fans that did like that. Sure. The 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 Paul, the Paul Feig, Feig one. Yeah. You know, and it meant so much to to young girls to sure. go and say and see that. You know, um, and and the tricky thing is that's also what Jason Reitman wants to do with the next thing. Um, so yeah, look, it's just it's it's we're in a it's social media. We're in a really strange thing. It's real bad now, and we're just consuming more information than our brains are capable of consuming right now. I had this weird thing. Um, we're really going to digress now. Where I I was last Sunday, I could not get off social media. Oh, I was just hit, I was hitting everything: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Back to Twitter. Look up this. Look at this. And I couldn't. I could. I could put my. Well, it was like, wow. I'm like caught in a weird dopamine yeah. loop fix. And I would put my phone down and then like find myself involuntary picking it up and and getting in everything again. So it's all that, man. It's hard. It's all part of the. It amplifies the terrible. It amplifies the good. Yes. So much good has come from social. Yes. We met because of social yes. media. Yes. You know. So it's like it's just it's so weird. Yeah. Wow. It's it's tough. And fandom does get kind of wrapped up in all of that, which is why we have well, to passion, so much passion exactly. in fandom, you know. Yes. And I mean, yeah, for sure. Well, we didn't solve it, but I think we may. We didn't solve. We're close. Though. We're close. We could we, solve it. Maybe, maybe when we bring uh, Stashwick we'll in bring here. Stashwick we- <laughs> in, yeah. All right. So I've already kept you a little long, but no, let's no. Yeah, uh, let's do your. Um, I'm fine, by the way. I just want to be respectful. I'm, of your time. I'm totally fine. Okay. So you want to know? So what yes, my, everybody gets to add a movie to the list. That to is the not list. On the list. Uh, I I do not believe this is on. It's not in the I, the AFI top 100. And I'm going to lose you here. Um, I'm ready because this is not a movie. I I would be shocked if this was a movie that was part of your process growing up. So I was struggling 
I was like, I don't know which movie to add. Do I add uh, like a really obscure one? Do I add 2010, mm -hmm. 2010, the sequel to 2001? Because I love that movie. Uh, uh -huh. That's a, people do not like that movie. Um, I love little things like Young Sherlock Holmes, also not a movie that people love. <laughs> Last night, I started to watch Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Uh-huh, sure. I would add that. Okay. I think, I think, now let's talk about the nerd aspect let's of it. Let's do it. It's a Star Trek film, yes. right? However, it's one of the great films of all time mm -hmm. without it being a Star Trek film. It's like people are like, oh, it's the best Star Trek film, but it's actually a really fantastic nautical film about getting old. Mm. And that's the one in which Spock dies mm -hmm. at the end. Um, it was a moment in time when they made it when they had made a, the first Star Trek movie. So, you know, Star Trek came out in the 60s. Yes. It was a phenomenon, but died. And then they made this other movie, Star Trek, the motion picture. Yes. After Star Wars, just to capitalize on the big sci-fi. Sure. Grandiose special effects. And that movie is a, a, a ponderous, sort of big sci-fi, kind of smoke a lot of weed. If anybody wants to smoke weed and watch Star Trek, the motion picture with me... <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Um, people hate that film, but I, I, there's a part of me that that actually loves it. Um, so Paramount was looking to to figure out what are we going to do with the Star Trek mm -hmm. franchise? Let's give it another chance. So they gave it to Nick Meyer, who do you remember the film Time After Time? Did you ever see that movie? Oh, wait, not somewhere it's in time, time. Time after time. Time after time. You probably haven't Which seen it. I haven't. It's seen a time it. travel movie. It's about H.G. Wells comes to the future. Mary Steenburgen's in it. Okay. Uh, he follows Jack. No, Jack the Ripper steals a time machine and comes to the comes oh. to present day. Whoa. And uh, yeah, it's pretty great. David That's Warner cool. plays Jack the Ripper and he's like, this is my time. Whoa. This is a time for psychopaths and craziness. That and sounds awesome. H.G. Wells, who you come to discover, actually invented a time machine when, before he wrote the book, follows him and is trying to stop him from doing something. Uh, but Nick Myers, he made that film, but he also did, um, he, he wrote a lot of Sherlock Holmes. Mm. He sort of became, wrote, I think it's 10%, 2% solution. I forget what it's called. Um, they gave him the Star Trek franchise and he completely sort of reinvented it, leaned into the Navy aspects of it, but also leaned into the fact that this was the story about Captain Kirk is no longer Captain Kirk. Mm. He's not at the helm of the Enterprise. He is a desk He's got a desk job. He's an admiral. He comes in for inspections. But his passion is to be out there, you know, traveling the universe um, with his friends. Mm -hmm. um, and so through, uh, oh, I don't want to get too into it, but um, this horrible crisis happens with somebody from his past. It becomes Moby Dick, someone who wants to kill him. But it really shines a light on it's his birth opens up with his birthday the film is very poetic um he 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 talks about how he never really truly faced death as a captain um there's this great thing with this test you have to take in starfleet in order to become a captain you have to take this test called the kobayashi maru mm. and what you don't know as a cadet am i losing you nope i'm listening your eyes are not glossing over yet no no so what you don't know when you take the test it's in the jj star trek uh -huh. it is like you can't win the test it's a no-win scenario uh -huh. So anyone who takes it loses the test, but they're looking for how you handled the, the, the known sure. scenario. Sure. And what you come to find out in, in Star Trek II is that he reprogrammed the tests. So he's the only cadet to ever win it. Ah. So he cheated. Ah. And he got a commendation for original thinking, but he never really faced this. And by the end of the film, he loses his best friend Spock. Sure. 
um, and faces death, and it's about coming to terms. It's a beautiful film. Um, so that, and it is, it, it is an amazing script. It's so well done. It's so quotable. Everybody quotes Khan, mm-hmm. but there's so many. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And yeah. One, all these things come from that film, and that's what I would add to. That's it. a great choice. I think that's James a really Horner. The, I mean, I could go on and on. We yeah. could do a whole podcast on that one. I think that's awesome, and I also think that there. Are, I I I wish you know part of the reason I I ask the guests to do this is because I think we should be open to what we consider great movies. Yeah. And the idea that. It's a sequel. The idea that it's a science fiction movie right. based on a TV show. Like, the idea that our, or that originated on TV, but the idea that our perception of what a great movie is yeah. is so narrow that I, I love when people think like that and add things like that because I, I that's really important. I'm sick of it just being like, yeah. you know... It, One uh, thing is a great movie. Citizen Kane was what I was going to come and in I with. And I mean, yeah. like, yeah. I love a Citizen Kane, but sure. I also think there's eh. room for Wrath of Khan on yes, there. Yes, there is more than you enough know? room, yeah. Yeah, so I love that choice. Okay, cool. Great choice. All right. You didn't fall asleep. So. No, I and now I actually want to watch the movie because I've never actually known what Wrath of Khan was about. I've never seen you should, it. You don't need to know too much yeah. about it. You know that they're friends. And that I that, know. That's all you need to know. Yeah. 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 Well, maybe I have some. And you know what? Now. And here's the other thing: is people come at William Shatner and they mock William Shatner. You know, he's fantastic in that film. Sure. He's amazing. Nicholas Meyer really found a way to keep him down, uh-huh. and he's charming and handsome, and he's just like he, it's. But he's playing it like a, a, he's, there's this whole sequence where he meets he he comes face to face with his son, somebody he didn't know he had. Mm. Well, he knew he had, but he stayed away because he's not father material, mm-hmm. and. There's just the the mother, his baby mama, asked him. She's like, "How do you feel about it?" And he just says, "Old, mm. worn out." And it, and he, it's very it's a very subdued performance. Believe it or not, even from Chad, even sure. though he'll yell "con" right. when you need to, right. he's fantastic in it. So you I should love give it. it a chance. I will. I will definitely give it a chance. Um, this has been so great, and I'm really happy that Thank you, you came and did it. Thank you for letting me geek out for 90 minutes oh my on a God. Sunday morning. Thank you for giving me church. 90 this minutes how we do it. on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, this is great. Is and, there- and it should be noted that you are wearing a Doc Brown yep. 1.21 gigawatts tele- uh, shirt right now. Just for you. Yeah, thank you. Just I for the occasion. It. It's a great shirt. I like to be a nice hostess. You are. Very good. <laughs> All right, Terry. Thank you so much. Thank you. Alrighty, friends, that's going to do it for me today. I hope you enjoyed that episode, that bigger conversation about pop culture and fandom in general and a deep dive into Back to the Future. Terry is one of my favorite people. He is now show running MacGyver. So check that out for a lot more fun adventures. And that is my season two finale. Now for my Patreon contributors, uh, a new mini episode, More with Terry, which is actually a really fun conversation about his DeLorean. Terry actually has a real true time travel back to the future DeLorean and so he talks about how they restored this car and how he got to know all these guys who actively try to put these cars and DeLorean back to the future DeLoreans back together and and it's a really really fun cool story so if you are um, a five dollar or higher monthly contributor on Patreon check that out this Thursday it's coming to you but in the meantime uh, Sending the Wolf won't be gone for long but I am going to take a little break for the 
rest of the summer and hopefully return to you in the fall. But in the meantime, if you're just tuning in, you have 60 whole episodes or 59 other episodes to dig through. And there are some amazing movies, fantastic guests. I'm so proud of how far this show has come uh, in just a couple of years. And it's just uh, me and Folsom Keller, my wonderful sound engineer, who, um, you know, helps make all of this possible every week. And um, thank you to Sean Keller and Folsom Keller once again for my incredible theme song. Um, Check them out online. You can go to my website, clarkwolf.com. And under the podcast tab, there are credits listed with links to their uh, work. So you can find, if you are looking for a piece of music to be commissioned, Sean and Folsom are the people for you. Um, they're, They're both incredible talents and I'm so proud of what they add to this show. And thank you for listening. There would be no show if there were no listeners. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, that's going to do it for me today. I'll be back on Patreon, patreon.com slash Clark Wolf for more this Thursday. But until then, I'll see you soon. Bye. (laughs) 